Welcome to the Growing in Love for Life podcast, where it's all about saving and strengthening your marriage and creating the relationship you really deserve and want to have. And now, from growinginloveforlife.com, relationship and marriage coach and best-selling author, your host, Liam Naden. This is episode 33 of the Growing in Love for Life podcast. And welcome everybody, it's Liam Naden here again. Thank you for joining me. My topic for today, I think, is going to help a lot of people. I've called it Save and Strengthening Your Marriage by Understanding Connection Styles. And you're probably wondering, what are connection styles? Well, we're going to get into that soon because today I'm very privileged to say I have a very special guest on the show who's going to explain all about what connection styles are. It's an absolutely fascinating topic, and he's an expert on this this particular area, as in with many other areas of relationships and marriage. And in fact, just to tell you before I bring him onto the show a little bit about this man, he's a, he's an amazing guy. He's someone who has helped me a lot personally, and. If you've listened to the podcast a bit or if you've read some of my books, you'll know a bit about my story when you know, I really hit rock bottom, losing everything, fighting bankruptcy, fighting two ex-wives in court at the same time, and, and really realizing that it was my whole lack of understanding of relationships that had brought all this upon me, and it's really what drove me to find out how, can I, how do you really create a great relationship, and how do you keep it getting better with time. Well, during that time, I met this man, and he really gave me some incredible insights into what really happens in a relationship and how how you can really you can change it and make them better. So he's been great. He's helped me a lot personally. I've learned a tremendous amount from from him. He's also just down the road from me, as it were. He's from Christchurch in New Zealand. You might have heard of Christchurch as the place where, of course. We had all those devastating earthquakes quite recently, but fortunately he's okay. Anyway, he's he's an educator, he's a counsellor, he's a life coach, he's worked for 25 years in the whole area of couples counselling and therapy. And he's also the author of a great book called The Twelve Choices of Winners, and I believe he's got several more books in the pipeline as well. So it's with great pleasure that I introduce you to Jeff Saunders. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you, Liam. What a great introduction. I hope I can live up to that. <laughs> oh, I'm, oh, absolutely. I'm sure you can. No, it's great to have you on the show. And, you know, it's interesting, this whole area of connection styles, which we're going to be talking about today. I know you're an expert in this, and it's not something I've become that familiar with. So it's it's great to have you to be able to share it, because, you know, when I look at the programs that I offer, I have my Stop Your Divorce program and my Relationship Transformation program. Mm-hmm. And in those programs and in, in the work I do with couples, what I'm really trying to get them to see is that in a relationship there are underlying dynamics. You know, these are, if you like, the foundations. And I'm sure you'd agree that too often people try to deal with their problems, but problems really are the symptoms of their relationship being out of alignment. You need to get in and, and see what's wrong, what's what are the, what's happening in the foundations. Absolutely. And when, You're quite uh, yeah. right. Yeah. And when people do that, you know, often the problems just sort of go away, whereas if you focus on solving problems, then you're only going to keep more, you get more of what you focus on, as it were, yes. obviously, and you only get more problems showing up. So I think that's where this whole era of connection styles can really help, because it seems to me to be something that is to do with the foundations and the structure of a relationship. So 
Could we kick off, Jeff, by asking, you know, what are connection styles? Could you explain a bit about what they actually are? Yes, I can. And can I just back up a little bit with what you just said about the problems that occur in relationships? Because yes, to understand connection styles, it helps to understand where the problem arises in the first place. Connection styles is, is, uh, underlies it. Actually, in the literature, they're mostly called attachment styles or attachment um, injuries or attachment um, insecurities. But when, when a couple get together, they get together because they're quite excited by the way in which each other is different. But that difference can, can change. What happens is the very things that are different eventually become a problem. For example, if an extrovert is drawn to an introvert, the extrovert may think, well, this introvert, they're quiet and they're thoughtful and they're uh, reflective and that's wonderful and they, they think how wonderful that is and the introvert thinks, well, the extrovert's out there chatting to everybody. So they get excited by the difference. But the real problem here is they don't understand that when they come together with those differences, the differences eventually can be bothersome. <clears throat> so the extrovert thinks the introvert eventually isn't talking and the introvert thinks the extrovert's got too much to say. So what we recognize is that people's uh, childhood relating patterns, the way, they were, the way they were related to their caregivers actually um, arises in relationship. They, they, people, we never get past our childhood actually. So what happens is the, the relationship patterns we had in childhood then start to manifest in our primary relationships. They don't show up to begin with. We can be quite different than our patterns in the honeymoon phase when we're all chatty and we're trying to meet the other's needs and all this sort of thing. But after a while, we revert to type and that's when we start to dig in and we revert to our attachment styles and then connection is compromised. So in many ways, they are connection styles or their disconnection styles, depending on how you look at it. Right, so are the, these, if you like, would it be correct to say they're like communication styles? Would that be another way of describing them? They're probably better termed personality styles. Uh-huh, okay. So, so the two, in general, when people are growing up and what they do in their um, adult relationships is they either relate warmly and they reach out and they're gregarious and they want to connect with people and they want to say hi and talk about how they're feeling and talk about the ups and downs of their life. So when things go wrong, they, they want to reach out and talk and communicate about that or just the opposite. They want to draw, say nothing, go into their own room, uh, be the sort of go and think about things rather than talk about things. And those two tendencies basically give rise to all the different attachment styles and therefore connection styles. Okay, so if, a, if a, someone listening to this is, is trying to relate it to their own relationship, uh, is it essentially, um, are there variations on, on these two styles, like the introvert or the extrovert, or is, are there more, is there more about it, or is, is that essentially what it is? Uh, well, that's a good question. The... <clears throat> The attachment styles aren't everything. For example, the extrovert-introvert difference does not come into a relationship styles. Um, there are quite a few different personality styles. For example, extrovert-introvert comes into the Myers-Briggs personality, um, uh, what would you call it, instrument, if you like. But, but the, 
the attachment styles are specific to relating. And so extrovert, introvert doesn't, isn't crucial, but it's one variable that can also kick in when people are trying to relate. Right. But in general, what happens is when crisis occurs in relationship, people either want to reach out and resolve it, or they want to withdraw and distance themselves from it. So they're either conflict engagers or they're conflict avoiders. Okay, that makes sense, yeah. There are, there are variations on it. Some people are a mixture of both. Some people uh, start off wanting to engage when there's conflict, but eventually get burnt out, give up, and they then disengage. So sometimes people are a bit of both. Um, but generally speaking, some people are very good at working things out and some people have learned through their years with at home, have learned to disengage when things go wrong, and so they will distance themselves. They'll go off and, uh, I suppose as a kid, they would have probably gone off and climbed a tree or played a game or gone to their room and read or something like that. But a, conf but a, conf a person who wants to resolve conflicts, who wants to reach out, they will tend to get distressed when the, the other person doesn't doesn't want to engage and doesn't want to sort things out and they'll often pursue that person until they do get it sorted they want us to talk it out put things to rest make sure everyone's happy and so basically those two differences create all the underlying attachment patterns right well it's very interesting isn't it because um i and I'm, i presume you as well i very very often people who are interested in, in uh, one of my programs or in some coaching, they approach me because they're in the situation where their spouse doesn't want to engage with them. And they and there might be some conflict going on or they might have just drifted apart. I was thinking uh, just recently someone contacted me and her husband, um, he, he would just spend all his time watching TV and then she found out that, that he was texting another woman sort of 20 times a day and um, when she confronted him about it he said oh no there's nothing in it but he refused to talk about it he refused to to do anything in, uh, about the about resolving what to her were problems in their marriage and certainly a lack of communication and intimacy and I guess that that must be quite a big problem really for people who who want to have uh, depth and intimacy and communication in their marriage and their their partner just doesn't respond and if they're if they're a, um, you know, an avoider, how do you actually deal with that? Is the way to get them engaged? Very good question, because the avoiders often don't recognize that they're actually undermining the relationship. See, avoiders, who also tend to be withdrawers in the way they relate, I call them avoidant, the avoidant attachment style, avoidant and secure, um, that that these stars are described on my website. It's the first article on my website, couplescounselingforyou.co.nz. Um, so people can actually read their st these stars. But if that guy, for example, is pulling away, he's pulling away because he doesn't know quite how to work things out with his wife. And what many of the avoidant people do is they then find another relationship where there's no hurt and no injuries and no baggage and... It's much, much easier to reach out to someone new than someone that they've got a bit of a history with. So they reach out, they get a buzz from being with someone else, but actually they're on track to completely repeat their history. Mm. They're not going, after a while, they may 
chat endlessly to this new person. Um, they may find them very exciting, but they do with everybody to start with. Mm. But the avoidant pattern eventually kicks in. As soon as things get difficult, as soon as there are challenges, he's going to back off that relationship as well. And what some men do who have got this avoidant style, it's a predominantly male style, the avoidant style, mm. about 70% of men of the style. Um, what they often do is they will have an, another woman on the side, but they don't see them that much. So it tends to minimize the likelihood of relationship difficulty. Of course, if a person's only relating a couple of times a week, you know, when they go off to a mistress or something, then they're not really having to face full relationship. They're just they're having a bit on the side. They're not really relating fully. And so it's much easier to keep it calmer. Yes. And so they're, they're less likely to, in, to disengage the way they have with their partner. So what would you say to... Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely, absolutely. And um, what would you say to somebody in that situation, such as the, the woman I, was, I just mentioned? You know, she obviously doesn't, just, doesn't want to end that relationship and let him just wander off and make the same mistakes. Is, is there a way that she can, uh, you know, get him to want to re-engage in their own relationship? Well, it's a good question because sometimes those men are less likely to see that there's a problem in the way they're relating. Um, they don't tend to relate as warmly or as closely as their partners very often. And so they think as long as they're hanging around and they're bringing in some money and they're doing their chores around the house, they're in a relationship. But of course, for a woman, uh, particularly for um, the anxious and secure style, which is the different, uh, different, the other style which wants to connect and relate as warmly and as often as possible, that isn't going to be a relationship that's got any value in it. That's, um, they want something that's far more connecting, far more emotionally engaging. And so what he's doing is he's emotionally disengaging. I had a woman ring me this morning. She was due to see me just before we had this interview, Liam. And um, she cancelled the, the, the appointment because the husband who was keen to come yesterday wasn't keen to come today. Now, that's, that's a very common problem, more often the case with avoidant types than, than the anxious and secure types, because um, the avoidant and secure types, uh, they, they withdraw, they just distance themselves from the whole communication, whole problem-solving area, so they just find it very difficult to show up. They find it very difficult to, to confront the, the way their relationship is operating, and they also can be very defensive about being feeling that they're going to be wronged or that they're going to be um, shown up as being an inadequate in some way. So avoidant and secure men can very often avoid uh, resolving things because they have this fear that their inadequacies are going to be uh, exposed. So that's a very common scenario. And the only way she can really, well, what I said to this woman on uh, this morning is I said, go to my website, look at that first article, download it, highlight what you think he's doing, highlight what you think you're doing, and then he might see that underneath their relating patterns is this whole dynamic that they've never had explained to them in quite this way. Yes, excellent, great. That's the only way I can I can see people that are engaged is by getting to see what they don't know. It's a little bit like taking a car to a mechanic, and um, you say, you know, I want the banging in the under the bonnet to be fixed, 
and we fix it. But what I have to do with people and what they really have to do for themselves in relationship, the people who are reading your material as well, is they have to eventually become the mechanic. Mm. They have to actually know what the banging noise is under the bonnet and how to fix it. And the only way to do that is by doing courses such as what you offer, um, reading materials such as what I offer, reading things, learning things, so that you become aware of the hidden side of these relationships. Yes. Yes, it's... It's good. And and uh, it, it's a, we could probably go off into a complete new topic here about the, tr- the tragedy. I see that, that, that people aren't taught any of this stuff, um, you know, when they're young or given any sort of awareness that these things actually are part of the dynamics of a relationship. You know, it's not just a physical, like you see in the media, you know, fall in love and live happily ever after type thing. Uh, but anyway, yes. so I, I think... In yes, that's great. In many ways, well, in many ways, Liam, it shows that as human beings, we don't tend to want to learn things until we know we need to yes, learn it. Yes, that's right. It's only when a crisis arises that you have to do something. Exactly, exactly. So, and and that's the difficulty for, for lots of couples is that one person says, hey, I think we've got a problem, and the other person doesn't want to recognize there's a mm. problem. So, so it is hard for people to engage. And I guess by reading materials such as yours or mine, if people, if the willing partner gets insight into the dynamics of what's going on in their relationship and they can make meaning of it for them, they can then perhaps come to their partner and say, look, I've just realized why things are going wrong with us. I realize why you withdraw when I want to engage with you and I realize why I chase you around the house trying to engage with you. Here's an article that tells us why we do this. Let's talk about this and let's understand how our different styles uh, are keeping us from connecting properly. Yes. It's really a matter of learning. Yes. And I think, you know, you alluded to this earlier, the problem people, and I'm sure they say this to you as well, but hang on, he never used to be like this. You know, when we first got together, he was great and he was doing all these things. And, and you know, and part of it's maybe trying to identify with both people when you can get to the stage of saying, well, what did we used to do that that caused, that created such a good connection with us, and what have we stopped doing? Um, but that's part of the understanding as well, isn't it? So, um, yeah. yeah. Exciting. So when it's exciting, people want to engage, they want to chat, they can't get enough of each other. But then what happens over time is that excitement just dissipates, uh, life kicks in, you've got to look after the mortgage and the job, and what happens is the excitement and the, the buzz of those first few months starts to dissipate. And when that happens, the avoidant withdrawal pattern starts to become more, more prevalent. And the person finds that they don't have quite the enthusiasm to ring up several times a day or text many times a day. Um, they they find that they have then got other things to do, and that's distressing for the person who's the anxious and secure type because they really want connection. And as that connection drops off, they get more anxious. They get concerned about, hey, where's my relationship going? I had a couple here last night who are exactly in that position. They communicated just fine when they had a distant relationship because it wasn't that often that they communicated. They were hundreds of miles apart. But then when they got together, they started to realize that she's 
an anxious person, always wanting more of the relationship. He is a bit more avoidant. He withdraws. He doesn't say much. He goes off and does his own thing. So they're getting to see that they're getting into a pattern which they know isn't going to serve them long time. The good news is, Liam, all people can learn new skills. Mm. You know, they can upgrade these skills. They can learn to do things better. So, for example, the withdrawer can learn how to hang in when his partner gets upset, listen to her, and stay connected and talk with her. But he has to be able to discipline himself to stay mm. there. The difficulty for for the withdrawer type person is they often don't have the skills. They don't feel like they've got the ability to hang in when she's getting upset and annoyed and angry, and they just want to move off because it's ridiculous. Why they're behaving like that? It's crazy, and so they just distance themselves. But it does nothing for the connection. Right. Just you mentioned earlier that uh, that the uh, withdrawal style is very much a male thing. Do you think it's tied in? that particular style with, with anything to do with self-esteem how someone feels about themselves because it seems to me that if you don't feel good and you don't feel that you can provide the solutions or that you feel that you need to provide the solutions and you don't know the answer to things then and that's a very male um, characteristic isn't it to to need to be the problem solver and the provider and the and the you know the leader um, but do you think when if people feel that they can't do all of those things or they set themselves up with high expectations that that's what they're supposed to do, that when they don't live up to that, they just um, they just withdraw you know, because they, they don't know what else to do and, the, and, it, and it's, it's really a self-esteem issue that they don't feel good about themselves, that they can connect and that they don't have to be the one that provides all the answers all the time. Is there an element of that in there? I think you, yes, I think you're probably correct. Um, the withdrawal style, after all these, the, the terminology, the um, anxious, insecure style and the avoidant, insecure style, they really come from child psychology work that um, research has been done with toddlers when their mothers have left the room and when they come back to the room and observing how these toddlers relate and so on. So if you go back historically, the avoidant person has grown up probably... Uh, going off on their own when problems occurred and just being in their own company rather than reaching out to mother and talking and talking things through and so on. So think of and that. You can imagine little boys, for example, when things go wrong, just wanting to go off and climb a tree or go play tennis or do something else. So what happens is they get into their habit of avoiding how they feel and then working out how to do things mentally. So they become a, a little individual when they're growing up who um, doesn't engage with their feeling and then reach out according to that feeling. They just distance themselves from people, then start to think about what can I do? What can I do better here? How can I work this out? So they become, they learn to become mentally reliant well, we're reliant on their mental faculties rather than their emotional faculties. And so then what they do is they learn to to address the whole of life through this business of doing tasks. The withdrawal avoidance style is, is very task-oriented, very, as you said, solution-oriented, always looking to fix problems. And their partners get very tired of this fix-it mentality that they bring to their relationships. 
Um, they, they find it difficult to listen to emotional intensity. They probably did when they were a kid as well. So they try to distance themselves from emotional intensity, not realizing that actually if they listen to their partner's emotional intensity and try to tune into where she's at, they don't have to do any problem solving. They don't have to fix anything. All they've got to do is connect. They've just got to know, let their partner know that they're there, that they're engaged, that they care. Um, they don't have to solve anything. They, all they've got to do is simply say, well, I hear you're feeling upset because such and such happened. Okay, I can understand that. Is there anything I can do to support you? And just leave that. You know, it's not too complicated to actually learn the skills of how to connect, actually whether you're an avoidant or an anxious insecure style. No, that's great. So, unfortunately, we're running out of time, as we always seem to. We could talk about this for, for ages. But just one uh, final sort of question I've, I've got, and I think probably a lot of people listening might have as well, is how easy is it or is it possible for someone to actually change their their connection style or, or basically who you are, what you've got, and that's it, or if you know what I mean? <laughs> Well, that's the $64,000 question, isn't it? I see this couple last night who, uh, who had this extreme difference. I said, look, you, you do have this pattern from the past, but you're not, it, it, it's not, it doesn't have to determine your future. Yes, you're always going to be predisposed to your patterns, to your conflict styles, to your connection styles, but you can upskill on them. You can learn to listen. You can learn to connect. You can learn to hear a person's emotion if you're not used to it. Or in the case of the anxious and secure style, you can learn to downgrade your anger and learn to back off a wee bit and then connect more meaningfully when the other person's more available. I often encourage couples when they get angry with each other just to take time apart, distance, pull back, and then agree to come back and talk about what went on because they just need to talk about their needs and their feelings. They don't have to agree. They just have to hear each other. Relationship really isn't about always agreeing. It's really about hearing each other and caring enough to hear each other. So, yes, it is possible to, to do this, but not all couples are prepared to do the work that's required to heal that connection. But it's absolutely doable. I've never met a couple that I didn't think could manage it. Right. Oh, that's great. And I think that's what uh, will be encouraging to people listening, you know, that... There's hope for us all, Liam. Yes, that's... Basically, basically, we can all do this. I talk on the, the third and fourth articles on my website, uh, the couplescounselingforyou.co.nz website. Um, the third and fourth articles talk about how each style can learn new skills to connect with the other. So the first article talks about these attachment styles. It's useful for couples to go and have a look and, and find out their attachment styles so they can see just what they're dealing with. And then they can look at the third and fourth articles as to how they can learn the new, the new tricks that they need to add to their repertoire of, of uh, connecting skills in order to be able to connect better with their partner. So it's all That's there. That's brilliant. So can you just repeat your website address again for people who are who would like to find out more? Yes, it's www.couplescounseling. That's two L's spelt the New Zealand way. Couplescounseling, one word. For you, the number for the letter U. So all that's one word. Couplescounselingforyou.co.nz. That's brilliant. 
Jeff, it's been an absolute mm. delight having you on the program, and you know I've learned so much, and I'm, I'm sure everyone listening has learned a lot about how all of these underlying factors play such a major role in the way our relationships work. And by understanding these, we're just going to be able to be so much further ahead in, in, in really making things work and creating the relationship we really want to have, which is happy and easy and without problems. So thank you very much That's for being it. on the show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. <clears throat> of course, if you'd like more information um, about about Jeff and also about what I'm doing, you can. I'm, I've got information on my website as well, uh, liamnaden.com. And I'd love to hear from you any time. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Liam. All the best, everybody. Know that you can do it. Thank you. Bye for now. <laughs>